Yeah. The, this teaching is going to talk about a book which I have published, written, titled, The Concept for Youth, Growth, and Development of the Society. The book is into 11 chapters. Chapter 1 talks about children and the society. Chapter 2 talks about sex education. Chapter 3 talks about home management. Chapter 4 talks about HIV stroke aid knowledge for children and youth. Chapter 5 talks about drugs and the society. Chapter 6 talks about occultism. Chapter 7 talks about ghost setting. Chapter 8 talks about corruption. Chapter 9 talks about decision-making tips. Chapter 10 talks about how to pass examination. Chapter 11, which is the last, talks about management of time. The book is so rich and compassing, and I will want everyone who will listen to it to place an order to get a copy of it, you could call 080-2627-9249 or 070-6550-223. Let's begin with chapter 1 which I title Children and the Society. Children, as the word is used to denote the meaning of and the origin of young and baby likeness. The word children could be used interchangeably as offspring. Children or offspring are those kind that spring forth from an adult. We are all children of God because we came forth from and resemble God. We can get reference in the book of Psalm 82 verses which says, You are God's and you are the son of the most high God. And Genesis 1 verse 26 which says and god says let us make man in our own image and make them in his image male and female to have dominion therefore children are those who are inexperienced innocent and babes and they look up to the adult for provision support and direction Let's see the sources of children and when one should be blessed with them. Children in clear terms are the property and handwork of the maker of the universe, that is God. All children come out from him. He decides at his discretion to give to whosoever that he pleases 
Therefore, by the fact, no one can lay claim to a child as his or her own property. This implies that we are caretaker and accountable to God on how children are managed. The types and sense of the child is part of God's sovereignty. That is a questionable decision by him. When one is married, it is an indication that such a person is prepared and ready to be rewarded by God with children. God has planned and arranged it that everyone should be blessed with children. No room for barrenness except other external forces have conspired to thwart that goodness. How many children should a couple have? A question that is serious to be looked at. This depends on many factors. However, such a crucial decision is best taken by the couple, that is the married partner. This point are good guide for you. Number one, your calling and discipline. Our callings differ from one person to another, so our faith varies. Taking a quote from the biblical injunction, Psalm 127 verse 5 says, Happy is the man that had his quiver full of death. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemy in the gate. Here, the question one may ask is, how many arrows could be found in a hunter's quiver? Hunters have many sizes of quiver with very numbers of arrows. Some, some quivers contain large number of arrows. This implies that an arrow could be in a quiver, even two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and so on. What is most required is your quiver should be full of them. Additionally, one's quiver being full depends on perception and fate. In this case, a single arrow may be good enough for a hunter to consider his quiver full, while to others it may be two, it may be three, maybe four, and so on. Number two factor, your, the grace of God upon your life. Do not reassure that the grace of God upon your life cannot cover. You know your ability in terms of resources like money, educational level, skill and strength in all ramifications, and your commitment and certification. The principle of moderation should also be involved in this situation. Number three factor. By understanding and knowledge of God's plan and program for your life, the number of children you may have should reflect and be regulated to suit such children 
uh, arrow so they should not be shot anyhow except for the target. Now let's look at the duties of parents to children. Children, as God's gift to us, we parents, need a great deal of commitment. Children, as gift, go with much responsibility. You owe God a duty to nurture the child or children to adulthood according to his pattern and plan. Any negligence and deviation may spread doom and attract God's judgment on the parent. Children are God's investment today for tomorrow for the furtherance of his thought and program on earth. They are arrows shot into the earth by God for specified purpose and targets. God is so much interested in children that he assigned angels to each child on the earth's surface. Any parent who fails in their responsibility toward the children have failed in their marriage, that is their marital relationship and responsibility. Also fail in their generation and their future. Any investment should be to the development of the child or children. Any developmental program, either domestic or social, lacking plan for the children shall soon be forgotten as an empty wide wing which blows nobody any good. Such program cannot stand the test of time. Many in a parent think that their responsibility is to give birth to number of children desired and allow them to grow under the mercy of the society. Many parents believe that the society or the teachers or peer group will shape the destiny of their children. They soon find out or discover that this is a delusion and a burden of deception. Another quote from the Bible, Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is the parent's responsibility to train their children. They hold that primary and natural duty. The world training is so encompassing that it involves pro providing education, guidance, and counseling, role modeling, and all kinds and forms of instructions. If a parent leaves such duty to the teachers, herselves, or society, they have failed. The safest thing to do is to delegate to society, but parents should be in close monitoring. Discipline is a major part of training by the parent on the children as it helps them to implement or comply with destruction. Many parents are yet to imbibe fully the value of discipline themselves. Therefore, they have no discipline to show to their children, which is dangerous and hurtful to themselves and to the shame of the parent. The foolishness could be driven out by the rod of correction. Discipline ranges from rebuking to the use of the stick depending on whatever circumstances and level of foolishness which may bring sanity. There is a common saying, spare the rod, spoil the child. Parents that have genuine love for their children 
we should size them as many times as there is a bit foolishness. I use the word foolishness instead of offense deliberately because the children have not reached the accountability age. Some parents think or assume erroneously that discipline is not meant for the children. When a parent fails or neglects or even postpones the discipline meant to correct the foolishness of the child, the non-grown effect will not be pleasant and such a parent will not be able to remove himself from the blame of the destruction to the child. Many parents have ignorantly allowed evil to take over their children's lives and mortgage their future. Discipline won't kill a child. The branches of tree that needs to be trimmed and cut down while growing should be cut gradually, otherwise it will be difficult when it is fully grown. You can enforce a measure of discipline when your child is young. Do not allow your children to use your investment against you. Such act of neglect on the parent is wicked and God will not hold such a waster blameless. Life is so strict. There is no deviation from the law of harvest because whatever anyone sows, that he or she shall reap. Many parents adore their children. They cannot speak boldly with heart of discipline to their children's faces when they exhibit foolishness. Children should not dictate in the house. Rather, they should learn how to implement the will of the parent. Your children are gifts and should not be subject of idolatry. You should ensure that they do not become good for nothing, which turn to shatter the plan and aspiration of the parent. A child can only have his or her way for what is absolutely necessary and right. Like initially mentioned, training of children is not an easy stride. It involves total resources and commitment. We are expected to train and handle our children in the best interest of God and society. They should be progressive and continual as they grow up. That is, one should not relent in inculcating life ingredients in the children. While carrying out our responsibility on the children, we should be careful to handle them with utmost care. Children are tender and delicate and can be affected by every matter. We do not have the right over their lives, rather it is expected from us to guide them in love and in truth. It is also the responsibility of parents to provide the basic necessity of life for their children's survival and good living. When a child could not be assured of his or her daily bread, he asked negatively and contrary to the parent teaching and guardians. It is the duty of parents to take care of their children and not the government, guardians or relatives or teachers or the society. When they are deprived of this, they see life as horrible, wicked and unfair without future for them. They should not be made to work or search for their daily bread until a particular time. Note, they did not negotiate with you before you caused them to come into the world. Parents own their children a duty to provide adequately for their daily bread. 
Do not expose your children to untold labor that is counterproductive. This will cause your children to drop whatever seed of dream and ambition of education that would have sharpened the effectiveness of their dreams and this make some become wayward and criminal, constituting social menace. Parents own their children's provision of food, clothing, and shelter. Children should not be bred and reared in a harsh environment. Some parents who manage to provide food. However, think it is important and irrelevant to provide clothing and where they should lay their head comfortably. Provision of clothing to keep them warm and cover their nakedness and, and as well appear good and acceptable in our society is the parent responsibility and nobody else. Parents should have a befitting accommodation that will comfortably occupy everyone there. A couple having four children all together, making six in number, in a room apartment, which hardly accommodate their belongings. To raise the children in that condition is harsh and somehow wicked. That is the reason such children from that kind of condition suffer a great deal of disadvantage. Such children become so easily discouraged in life. Even some parents beg their relatives to help take care of their children. The resultant effect is that the children be sooner behave and act like stupid servants who may not make use of initiative. Parents are advised to take full responsibility of their children. Anybody who is interested of having your child to live with must be one who you prove capable and ready to assist the child in realizing God's giving destiny upon him or her. It is also the primary duty of parents to provide qualitative and quantitative education for their children. Education is a must because it is the only way out of ignorance which destroys like canker worm and cancer. Any parent who fails in this regard could only succeed raising children who become servants to others and evil nonentity. Such children will be so crude in their approaches, violent and uncivilized. They become so inferior and complex since so they are made. Majorly, these are the robbers and prostitutes we have in the society. When other children are becoming useful and occupying leadership positions, they, on the contrary, go down and become unhappy. Any man who cannot provide for his family has failed to live up societal expectations. Such a person is not ripe to have children. I say this to encourage the parent that God who gave you the children on your request shall also provide for you if you ask and work hard towards that. Let's look at the role of government and society in children or bringing. Children are the leaders of tomorrow. Government must have a long-range plan or programs for the development of the children. Any developmental plan 
project or program meant solely for the adult is deficient and cannot bring full yield. The government should be more concerned about tomorrow that is here ahead. Therefore, such developmental plan or program beneficiary to the children should be put in place. Government could contribute to the development of the children in the following way. Number one, government should establish schools in number commensurate with children anticipated population ranging from primary, secondary to higher institution of learning. All the schools to whatever level funded should be funded, equipped and qualified personnel hired to man the operation and management to achieve the educational objectives. Two, government should make it compulsory for parents to send their children to school that the parents should not do anything that will hinder the academic pursuit of the child, that any parent who fail to train of the children academically and otherwise without formally stating his present predicament should be sanctioned unless the child is above 18 years. Number three, government should legislate that morality and religious study be taught at all levels of learning. Number four, government should legislate to empower the school authority to discipline any early child or student under them depending on the gravity of the offense. The law could specify punishment for a range of offenses to avoid being misconstrued by school authority. Number five, government should legislate against evil and secret courtesy and any parent that fails to raise his or her child should his or her children decently and orderly should be sanctioned by fine or jail. Number six, government should establish infrastructure, game centers and recreational center and so on. There should be in their Canada competition to educate, create awareness, to redirect and refocus them to discover their potential. Number six, number seven to say, government should legislate that no child or group of children be found roaming the street aimlessly during school hours, that such a child when found, should be kept at inmate house for rehabilitation. It should be included if such a child is having a parent, the parent should be sanctioned. Number eight. Most importantly, government should provide social amenities that are beneficiary to all. Let's look at the role of teachers to the children or Nigeria's children. The teachers on their own have contractual and social obligation to see to it that the children are not only developed academically but also in other areas of education. Education should not be restricted only to classroom teaching. Many teachers think that their responsibility towards the Nigeria child is just what transpires in the classroom. Teachers are to ensure that the Nigeria child complies 
or adhere strictly to every rule and guideline operating in a decent society. Every aspect of goodness and brotherhood should be emphasized. Teachers should handle the children as their own, not just as their school children. Punctuality, good manners, attendance, fear of God and love of humanity, sporting event, decent and godly living, and hard work should be emphasized. The teachers here are inclusively the former academic teachers, the church leaders, the mosque leaders, the other societal leaders. When we talk of children, our youth are inclusive. The youth are full of energy. They are the leaders of tomorrow who look up to the experience of their parents in the society. For a youth to be, to be successful, he or she should shun whatever that will hinder the flow of their strength. They should be focused and re remove every manner of weed which do constitute nuisance to their exploit in life. If a youth fails throughout his or her youthful journey, such a person is termed a fool forever. He is compared to a foolish person that built his or her house on top of sand without a solid foundation that will soon collapse and to lose all. No one can stop any youth except the youth himself or herself. When there is a we, there is a way. The society and God depend much on the youth to accomplish certain objectives. I encourage the youth to use their strength, which is their glory, positively for the development of the society. For the youth to be effective and more productive, the society and government must ensure provision of the following. One, the society and government must create challenges that are beneficial for the youth to engage their strength. The society and government must ensure that there are job opportunities for the youth. Number three, the society should be organized and must provide developmental plan for the future of the youth. Number four, the society government and institution of learning should constantly organize training seminar and workshop program for the youth to serve as eye openers into area of possibility number five the society should guide against corrupt practices should should esteem hard work and commend those who have achieved true hard work the society should stop and honor those found dubious and dishonest. The government should punish any act of corruption discovered in any segment of the society. Let's look at the role of children and youth towards parents, society, and the government. Children are expected to obey their parents and the government wholeheartedly. Failure to obey those that are Place over you attracts God's and societal judgment. The benefit of obedience are 1. There shall be peace of mind and absence of fear. Things and 
activity are done confidently, which prolong life, thus making God to fulfill a guarantee good age or health. Number two, limitless opportunities are open. They ensure support of the society and government. This in turn cause them to experience successes and progress or in all their endeavor. And number three, in this regard, fulfilling their aspiration and destiny, which automatically make all things work well with them. Children being the future leader are expected to learn much from the society. This will go a long way to make living more meaningful and rewarding. No child is expected to do anything contrary to the norms of the society. Every child is expected to please his parent. Even when the children grow to become men and women, it is their responsibility to take adequate care of their parents, especially when their parents are advanced in age. So, in summary, the role of children to parents and society are 1. The children or youth should learn to obey their parents. 2. They should respect their elders and teachers. 3. They should imbibe and endeavor to keep the culture of the society. 4. They should be patriotic a good citizen of the nation and five they should obey the laws of the land and the subsequent episode i shall be talking about says education thank you and god bless you as you have so far helped and listened to see this part be unravel thank you yeah the this teaching is going to talk about a book which I have published, written, titled The Concept for Youth, Growth and Development of the Society. The book is into 11 chapters. Chapter 1 talk about children and the society. Chapter 2 talk about sex education. Chapter 3 talk about home management. Chapter 4 talk about HIV stroke aid knowledge for children and youth. Chapter 5 talk about drugs and the society. Chapter 6 talk about occultism. Chapter 7 talk about ghost setting. Chapter 8 talks about corruption. Chapter 9 talks about decision-making tips. Chapter 10 talks about how to pass examination. Chapter 11, which is the last, talks about management of time. The book is so rich and compassing, and I will want everyone who will listen to it to place an order to get a copy of it you could call 080-2627-9249 or 70
3. Let's begin with chapter 1, which I title Children and the Society. Children, as the word is used to denote the meaning of and the origin of young and baby likeness. The word children could be used interchangeably as offspring. Children or offspring are those kind that spring forth from an adult. We are all children of God because we came forth from and resemble God. We can get reference in the book of Psalm 82 verses which says you are God's and you are the son of the most high God. And Genesis 1 verse 26 which says and God says let us make man in our own image and make them in his image male and female to have dominion. Therefore, children are those who are inexperienced, innocent, and babes, and they look up to the adult for provision, support, and direction. Let's see the sources of children and when one should be blessed with them. Children in clear terms are the property and handwork of the maker of the universe, that is God. All children come out from him. He decides at his discretion to give to whosoever that he pleases. Therefore, by the fact, no one can lay claim to a child as his or her own property. This implies that we are caretaker and accountable to God on how children are managed. The types and sets of the child is part of God's sovereignty. That is a questionable decision by him. When one is married, it is an indication that such a person is prepared and ready to be rewarded by God with children. God has planned and arranged it that everyone should be blessed with children. No room for barrenness except other external forces have conspired to thwart that goodness. How many children should a couple have? A question that is serious to be looked at. This depends on many factors. However, such a crucial decision is best taken by the couple that is the married partner. This point are good guide for you. Number one, your calling and discipline. Our callings differ from one person to another, so our faith varies. Taking a quote from the biblical injunction, Psalm 127 verse 5 says, Happy is the man that had his quiver full of them, they shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemy in the gate. Here, the question one may ask is, 
how many arrows could be found in a hunter's quiver? Hunters have many sizes of quiver with very numbers of arrows. Some, some quivers contain large number of arrows. This implies that an arrow could be in a quiver, even two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and so on. What is most required is your quiver should be full of them. Additionally, one's quiver being full depends on perception and fate. In this case, a single arrow may be good enough for a hunter to consider his quiver full, while to others it may be two, it may be three, it may be four, and so on. Number two factor, your, the grace of God upon your life. Do not realize, children, that the grace of God upon your life cannot cover. You know your ability in terms of resources like money, educational level, skill and strength in all ramifications, and your commitment and certification. The principle of moderation should also be involved in this situation. Number three factor. By understanding and knowledge of God's plan and program for your life, the number of children you may have should reflect and be regulated to see such. Children are arrows, so they should not be shot anyhow except for the target. Now let's look at the duties of parents to children. Children, as God's gift to us, we parents, need a great deal of commitment. Children, as gifts, go with much responsibility. You owe God a duty to nurture the child or children to adulthood according to his pattern and plan. Any negligence and deviation may spread doom and attract God's judgment on the parent. Children are God's investment today for tomorrow for the furtherance of his thought and program on earth. They are arrows shot into the earth by God for specified purpose and targets. God is so much interested in children that he assigned angels to each child on the earth's surface. Any parent who fails in their responsibility toward the children have failed in their marriage, that is their marital relationship and responsibility. Also fail in their generation and their future. Any investment should be to the development of the child or children. Any developmental program either domestic or social, lacking plan for the children shall soon be forgotten as an empty wide wing which blows nobody any good. Such program cannot stand the test of time. Many in a parent think that their responsibility is to give birth to number of children desired 
and allowed them to grow under the mercy of the society. Many parents believe that the society or the teachers or peer group will shepherd the destiny of their children. They soon find out or discover that this is a delusion and a burden of deception. Another quote from the Bible, Proverbs 22, verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. It is the parent's responsibility to train their children. They hold that primary and natural duty. The world training is so encompassing that it involves pro providing education, guidance, and counseling, role modeling, and all kinds and forms of instructions. If a parent leaves such duty to the teachers, herself, or society, they have failed. The safest thing to do is to delegate to society, but parents should be in close monitoring. Discipline is a major part of training by the parent on the children as it helps them to implement or comply with destruction. Many parents are yet to imbibe fully the value of discipline themselves. Therefore, they have no discipline to show to their children, which is dangerous and hurtful to themselves and to the shame of the parent. The foolishness could be driven out by the rod of correction. Discipline ranges from rebuking to the use of the stick depending on whatever circumstances and level of foolishness which may bring sanity. There is a common saying, spare the rod, spoil the child. Parents that have genuine love for their children which excites them as many times as there is a bit foolishness. I use the word foolishness instead of offense deliberately because the children have not reached the accountability age. Some parents think or assume erroneously that discipline is not meant for the children. When a parent fails or neglects or even postpones the discipline meant to correct the foolishness of the child, the non-grown effect will not be pleasant and such a parent will not be able to remove himself from the blame of the destruction to the child. Many parents have ignorantly allowed evil to take over their children's lives and mortgage their future. Discipline won't kill a child. The branches of tree that needs to be trimmed and cut down while growing should be cut gradually, otherwise it will be difficult when it is fully grown. You can enforce a measure of discipline when your child is young. Do not allow your children to use your investment against you. Such act of neglect on the parent is wicked and God will not hold such a waster blameless. Life is so strict, there is no deviation from the law of harvest because whatever anyone sows, that he or she shall reap. Many parents adore their children. They cannot speak boldly with heart of discipline to their children's faces when they exhibit foolishness. Children should not dictate in the house. Rather, they should learn how to implement the will of the parent. Your children are gifts and should not be subject of idolatry. 
you should ensure that they do not become good for nothing, which turn to shatter the plan and aspiration of the parent. A child can only have his or her way for what is absolutely necessary and right. Like initially mentioned, training of children is not an easy stride. It involves total resources and commitment. We are expected to train and handle our children in the best interest of God and society. They should be progressive and continual as they grow up. That is, one should not relent in inculcating life ingredients in the children. While carrying out our responsibility on the children, we should be careful to handle them with utmost care. Children are tender and delicate and can be affected by every matter. We do not have the right over their lives, rather it is expected from us to guide them in love and in truth. It is also the responsibility of parents to provide the basic necessity of life for their children's survival and good living. When a child could not be assured of his or her daily bread, he asked negatively and contrary to the parent teaching and guidance. It is the duty of parents to take care of their children and not the government, guidance or relative or teachers or the society. When they are deprived of this, they see life as horrible, wicked and unfair without future for them. They should not be made to work or search for their daily bread until a particular time. Note, they did not negotiate with you before you caused them to come into the world. Parents own their children a duty to provide adequately for their daily bread. Do not expose your children to untold labor that is counterproductive. This will cause your children to drop whatever seed of dream and ambition of education that would have sharpened the effectiveness of their dreams and this makes some become wayward and criminal, constituting social menace. Parents own their children provision of food, clothing, and shelter. Children should not be bred and reared in a harsh environment. Some parents who manage to provide food. However, I think it is all important and irrelevant to provide clothing and where they should lay their head comfortably. Provision of clothing to keep them warm and cover their nakedness and, and as well appear good and acceptable in our society is the parent responsibility and nobody else. Parents should have a befitting accommodation that will comfortably occupy everyone there. A couple having four children all together, making six in number, in a room apartment, which hardly accommodate their belongings. To raise the children in that condition is harsh and somehow wicked. That is the reason such children from that kind of condition suffer a great deal of disadvantage. Such children become so easily discouraged in life. Even some parents beg their relative to help take care of their children. The resultant effect is that the children be soon now behave and act like stupid servants who may not 
make use of initiative. Parents are advised to take full responsibility of their children. Anybody who is interested of having your child to live with must be one who you prove capable and ready to assist the child in realizing God's giving destiny upon him or her. It is also the primary duty of parents to provide qualitative and quantitative education for their children. Education is a must because it is the only way out of ignorance which destroys like canker worm and cancer. Any parent who fails in this regard could only succeed raising children who become servants to others and evil nonentity. Such children will be so crude in their approaches, violent and uncivilized. They become so inferior and complex since so they are made. Majorly, these are the robbers and prostitutes we have in the society. When other children are becoming useful and occupying leadership positions, they, on the contrary, go down and become unhappy. Any man who cannot provide for his family has failed to live up societal expectations. Such a person is not ripe to have children. I say this to encourage the parent that God who gave you the children on your request shall also provide for you if you ask and work hard towards that. Let's look at the role of government and society in children or bringing. Children are the leaders of tomorrow. Government must have a long-range plan or programs for the development of the children. Any developmental plan, project or program meant solely for the adult is deficient and cannot bring full yield. The government should be more concerned about tomorrow that is here ahead. Therefore, such developmental plan or program beneficiary to the children should be put in place. Government could contribute to the development of the children in the following way. Number one, government should establish schools in number commensurate with children anticipated population ranging from primary, secondary to higher institution of learning. All the schools to whatever level funded should be funded, equipped and qualified personnel hired to man the operation and management to achieve the educational objectives. Two, government should make it compulsory for parents to send their children to school that the parents should not do anything that will hinder the academic pursuit of the child, that any parent who fail to train all the children academically and otherwise without formally stating his present predicament should be sanctioned unless the child is above 18 years. Number three, government should legislate that morality and religious study be taught at all levels of learning. Number four, government should legislate to empower the school authority to discipline any early child or student under them depending on the gravity of the offense. The law could specify punishment 
for a range of offenses to avoid being misconstrued by school authority. Number five, government should legislate against evil and secret courtesy and any parent that face to raise his or her child should his or her children decently and orderly should be sanctioned by fine or jail. Number six, government should establish infrastructure, game centers, and recreational centers, and so on. There should be in their Canada competition to educate, create awareness, to redirect and refocus them to discover their potential. Number six. Number seven to say, government should legislate that no child or group of children be found roaming the street aimlessly during school hours. That such a child, when found, should be kept at inmate house for rehabilitation. It should be included if such a child is having a parent, the parent should be sanctioned. Number eight, most importantly, government should provide social amenities that are beneficiary to all. Let's look at the role of teachers to the children or Nigeria's children. The teachers on their own have contractual and social obligation to see to it that the children are not only developed academically but also in other areas of education. Education should not be restricted only to classroom teaching. Many teachers think that their responsibility towards the Nigeria child is just what transpires in the classroom. Teachers are to ensure that the Nigeria child complies or adheres strictly to every rule and guideline operating in a decent society. Every aspect of goodness and brotherhood should be emphasized. Teachers should handle the children as their own, not just as their school children. Punctuality, good manners, attendance, fear of God and love of humanity, sporting event, decent and godly living, hard work should be emphasized. The teachers here are inclusively the former academic teachers, the church leaders, the mosque leaders, the other societal leaders. When we talk of children, our youth are inclusive. The youth are full of energy. They are the leaders of tomorrow who look up to the experience of their parents in the society. For a youth to be, to be successful, he or she should shun whatever that will hinder the flow of their strength. They should be focused and remove every manner of weed which do constitute nuisance to their exploit in life. If a youth fails throughout his or her youthful journey, such a person is termed a fool forever. He is compared to a foolish person that built his or her house on top of sand without a solid foundation that will soon collapse and to lose all. No one can stop any youth except the youth himself or herself. When there is a we, there is a way. The society and God depend much on the youth to accomplish certain objectives. I encourage the youth to use their strength, which is their glory, positively 
for the development of the society. For the youth to be effective and more productive, the society and government must ensure provision of the following. One, the society and government must create challenges that are beneficiary for the youth to engage their strength. The society and government must ensure that there are job opportunities for the youth. Number three, the society should be organized and must provide developmental plan for the future of the youth. Number four, the society, government, and institution of learning should constantly organize training, seminar, and workshop program for the youth to serve as eye-openers into area of possibility. Number five, the society should guide against corrupt practices, should, est should esteem hard work, and commend those who have achieved true hard work. The society should stop and honor those found dubious and dishonest. The government should punish any act of corruption discovered in any segment of the society. Let's look at the role of children and youth towards parents, society, and the government. Children are expected to obey their parents and the government who heartily failure to obey those that are placed over you attracts God's and societal judgment. The benefit of obedience are 1. There shall be peace of mind and absence of fear. Things and activity are done confidently which prolong life, thus making God to fulfill and guarantee good age or health. Number two, limitless opportunity are open. They ensure support of the society and government. This in turn causes them to experience successes and progress or in all their endeavors. And number three, in this regard, fulfilling their aspiration and destiny, which automatically make all things work well with them. Children being the future leader are expected to learn much from the society. This will go a long way to make living more meaningful and rewarding. No child is expected to do anything contrary to the norms of the society. Every child is expected to please his parent, even when the children grow to become men and women. It is their responsibility to take adequate care of their parents, especially when their parents are advanced in age. So, in summary, the role of children to parent and society are 1. The children or youth should learn to obey their parents. 2. They should respect their elders and teachers. 3. They should imbibe and endeavor to keep the culture of the society. 4. They should be patriotic and good citizens of the nation. And 5. They should obey the laws of the land. And the subsequent episode, I shall be talking about says education. Thank you and God bless you as you have so far 
help and listen to see this part be ravel. Thank you. Good morning or good afternoon everyone. Good to see you once more again on the series of teaching on the concept for youth growth and development of the society. Today I want to talk about drug as a big inhibition to youth potential development. Drugs a big inhibition to youth potential development. What is a drug? Webster Comprehensive Dictionary defines drug as a substance used as or in a medicine. A chemical substance used to alter the state of the body or the mind. Therefore, drug can be defined as a natural or chemical substance which when taken or introduced into the body affects the function and the behavior of the person consigned. This means that drug is any substance that can enhance or change the normal functioning of the body cell when introduced. This can also imply that drug is not a food substance. Having noted the definition and what drugs stand for as its explication, let's look at classification of drugs. It becomes imperative and necessary to show the classes of drugs because some drugs are used for curative purpose and measures, while others are not. In another word, there are certain drugs from which more benefit are derived, while others have no benefit whatever. There are two main classifications of drugs. They are grouped into one, general or legal or lawful drugs. Two, the psychoactive drug. This group mostly affects the central nervous system, that is the brain. Types of drug. One, cigarette. Two, nicotine, that is tobacco. 3. Cocaine 4. Alcoholic beverages 5. Amphetamine 6. Marijuana 7. Barbiturate 8. Paracetamol etc. and so on. Now let's look at what is drug abuse through misuse. A drug is said to be abused when any of these steps is fired. 1. When such drug is not recommended by any authorized medical personnel. 2. When the drug taken is not used for medical purpose 
of curing and ailment, but for enhancing performance and other purpose. 3. When the drug is used beyond the prescribed dose that is excessively used. 4. A drug is said to be abused when used contrary to social and legal prohibitions. Now, having seen drug misuse, let's look at drug addiction or drug dependence. Drug addiction is an advanced stage of drug dependence. Drug addiction is when the person concerned is conscious in use of the drug. In other words, the person addicted is addicted rather is bound to the usage of the drug indiscriminately. While drug dependence is a state where the drug user depends on the use of drug to enhance performance or live ultimately. I think it is a problem of the psyche. That is the mind feeling inadequate without the use of the drug. This scenario is somehow rampant among athletes. Let's look at the causes of drug misuse and abuse. 1. Lack of education as to the consequence or effects of the use of the drugs. Shortage of guiding information on the dangers in the use of dangerous drugs and consequence of overuse of prescribed drugs has done a lot of damage to our youth, making their potential inhibited. Number two, availability of these drugs. As long as these drugs are valuable and accessible, the abuse or misuse will continue. So, if we want their potentials to be enhanced and maintained, we must put a strict control. In most cases, the curiosity and the desire to experiment by the youth is the basic problem. This is also because these drugs are rich by them. Number four, the company the youth keep, that is the peer group or association, which in most cases pressurize them into drug usage unnecessarily. So it is behold on either the parent to ensure that their children have been growing up are well regulated and whoever be their friends is well watched because it's a saying, show me your friend, I will tell you who you are. Because your destiny is influenced by the choice you make. And the choice you make affect everything you are. So your choice is your decision. Your decision is your destiny. So you can be friends to take a wrong choice 
and so we lead you to where you never begin. Number five, through sheer frustration and depression, the youth venture into it. Many see life horrible, see it as a way of uh, way out of their challenge or predicament. And this is also a build into society that whatever that will make a child to lose confidence of living or finding an alternative against the established laws should never be encouraged. Number six point, constant advertisement through the media creates the urge. E.g. series of captivating promotional gimmicks on alcohol and cigarettes where it appears that someone must be in a class to smoke or to drink. So no one who wants to, not to be in a class of a special group called special group. So this is one of those things I could remember while growing up, advertisement made in the media about a certain notable players know as mathematician in these days in my country Nigeria and uh, another player who is a goalkeeper and very good in keeping and this advert shows that though it is a harm harmless uh, product that is usable is food but they couldn't score that skillful player couldn't score but immediately he took that drink he scored and you remember what I did to my parents, I called them that I will need this to be provided for me because I'm aiming to score a lot of goals. Quite funny, my parents acceded to my request. They bought cartons of the beverages and I drank and went to play. That very fateful day, I become too heavy and was unable to score even a single goal. On the football pitch. So I tried in following time heavily, more nutritiously, but it's like it's going worse every day. But that gave me the understanding that that was just an advert. But somehow, this harmful type of uh, product be made, which alter the psyche, alter the mind, alter the body functionality of every living being, especially the young one that uh, a mark to take over leadership and improve on what they have meant, quite a fortunate, that will blow their judgment and sense of reasoning. Being allowed uninhibitedly to be advertised create a lot of challenge to manage. Now let's look at what can save our youth from drug misuse. First, proper and adequate education as to the use of drugs and its consequence in order to create awareness and understanding. The problem of availability and accessibility can be mitigated by adequate information to the youth. Number two of solution to that. The government, the, the government, the society teachers, the government, the society teachers and parents should channel their effort 
in helping the youth satisfy their need and want as alternative means for what they seek. In other words, those things that the youth need should be provided. 3. The leaders in religious houses, parents, teachers should lead by example and explaining always through experiences. 4. The society should concentrate more on counseling to persuade the youth from undue contact with drugs. Let's look at dangers of drug abuse. Every nation is fighting because of these dangers. There are very many dangers in drug abuse. It shall be enough to say this following. 1. Damages to important organs like the brain, liver, kidney, etc. 2. It causes loss of memory. 3. It causes sleeplessness, that is, insomnia, such a condition is not good for the head. 4. It causes unnecessary incessant worry, fear, and anxiety. The drugs stimulate the body hormone to work negatively. Number 5. It brings about hypertension and quick death. Number 6. It results to chronic cough. Number 7. Since one may not be balanced, it may lead to dropping out of school. Number 8. The drug leads the person consigned to criminal offenses like stealing and robbery, raping, murder, etc. 9. As the drug clouds the sense of judgment, it may lead to accident. Space will not let us, or time will not let us to list all losses and consequences that accrue from drug abuse. Let's look at the duties of parents and teachers in the light of the above danger. 1. Parents should watch and be more concerned about strange and unfamiliar behavior. 2. Parents should watch the behavioral pattern of the peer group of their children. 3. Parents should love, understand, and ensure discipline. 4. The teacher should teach about drug, its abuse, and consequences. 5. The parents and teacher should lead by example. 6. The advertisement of certain drugs should be prohibited. 7. The teacher should arrange for expert counseling on the subject. The counselor should periodically hold seminar for the children. Note, some of this information are very, very necessary that we should 
adopt them quickly to save us from this catastrophe about to erupt in our nation building, especially the youth who are assumed to be the leader of the next moment. If the foundation is destroyed, we are helpless and the future remain bleak. Doing nothing about something, it is assumed taking a decision to fail. Let us rise up to the moment at this time to address this imminent danger that is about to wreck this nation. God bless you. Next, I will be talking about courtesy as its effect after this series. So, thank you. You can send your response to this, this podcast and we shall definitely uh, respond. Thank you.